to build, what to build. Oh, come on, Lucy. Wow, you're a builder. You're a maker. You're a... <gasps> I got it! Tool call. Hammer. Hammer. Wrench. Wrench. Drill. Drill. Great job, Kapow. Great job, Kapow. Oh, no, wait, that's me. Great job, Lucy Wow. Oh, brother. Now all we have to do is turn this thing on. Let the show begin. Hello, people of the podcast world. guy o here. Yes, that's right. The superhero guy o protector of Pflugerville, is doing another podcast. A super podcast. <laughs> Are you a member of my fan club, guy o Fanatics, yet? You should be. Are you a superhero yourself yet? You should be that, too. Oh, I know. You don't think you can be a superhero like Guy-O-Matic, right? Well, I have news for you. You can be a superhero. In fact, you already have a superpower, and it's called the power of invention. It's true. With nothing but imagination and invention, a mild-mannered Guy Neville was turned into a super-powered Guy-O-Matic. There's a whole podcast about it called Lucy Wow. I don't know why they call it that when it's actually all about me. Anyway, if you haven't listened to it yet, check it out to hear all about our famous motorbike versus bathtub race. But I must admit, while I clearly came in first in that race, Guy wasn't the first hero to invent a fast way to get around. So let's take a look at another super vehicle. The Batmobile! Batman, in case you don't know, is a DC superhero who protects the city of Gotham. He's an inventor like me, Lucy Wow, and you! That's his superpower! He's a super smart, super inventor! He dresses like a bat, which is why they call him Batman. If you've seen his cartoon or any of his movies, you've seen that he also drives a car that looks like a bat. He calls it the Batmobile. But it started out looking a lot different than what we see today. The title Batmobile was first used on a red convertible in Detective Comics number 48 in 1941. The design was based on the 1936 Cord, which was a pretty cool car. (laughs) It had a small bat hood ornament. It was the first Batmobile, but it was also the last Batmobile to be red. By the 1950s, the Batmobile was black with large fins that looked like bat wings and a bat nose on the front. It wasn't as cool as it is now, but at least it looked like a bat. The Batmobile is more than just its looks, of course, and this version had a lot of cool features. It had a turbocharged engine, was bulletproof, had a smokescreen generator, and a remote driving system. All of these features were super helpful when Batman was out on the streets of Gotham fighting crime, but that was only at night. During the day, Batman needed a place to park the car. So he built a garage called the Batcave that was filled with bat suits, tools, computers, and of course, car washing gear. You don't want a dirty Batmobile, do you? 
1988 storyline, The Cult, Batman faced a new enemy named Deacon Blackfire. As the Deacon created an army from Gotham City, he was able to kidnap and brainwash Batman into joining his side. Ooh. Eventually, Batman, with the help of Robin, managed to flee Gotham City as the Deacon declared it his own kingdom. The duo returned a week later to retake Gotham using an all-new Batmobile. The Batmobile changed everything. It was a behemoth built as the ultimate urban assault vehicle. Ah. It had 15-inch diameter, puncture-proof balloon tires, four-wheel drive, heavy-duty armor plating, radar missiles, and 200 RPM tranquilizer firing machine guns. The only traditional Batmobile features that were retained on this vehicle were a pair of small bat fins. In 1955, Bruce Wayne decided he wanted something smaller and sleeker. This new design was similar to the 1962 Batmobile in general appearance, but it had been updated and modernized with smaller fins, a jet engine, full roof, and a true bat mask grill. The Batmobile's typical arsenal remained, as the car was armor-plated and had such features as self-sealing tires, onboard weapons and weapons detection systems, a heads-up display, and a retractable roof. In the recent Batman and Robin series, Batman had begun using a new Batmobile, which is capable of flight. This new Batmobile can shift between flight and land vehicle modes, fire missiles, and is apparently voice-activated. Dude, Guy-O-Matic needs one of those. Over many years, the Batmobile has sported many special gadgets and special fixtures cleverly designed by Batman. A few of my favorites are closed circuit television, handset with direct hotline to police headquarters, spare Batman and Robin costumes and utility belts, dashboard radar, a traveling crime lab, and an inflatable rubber raft. Ugh, Kapow would love to eat a rubber raft. That's what I call traveling. Now, with something this cool, you'd think that Batman would never get out of it. But sometimes in the superhero line of work, things come up. So in case he ever had to leave in a hurry, the Batmobile has an electromagnetic ejector seat. You see, kids, the thing about the Batmobile and all of Batman's inventions is that they're personalized. They scream out, Batman! And that's something I think inventors and builders should remember. The details are often what makes an invention special because building and inventing isn't just making stuff up. It's about making your stuff up. The things you build are an expression of you, so why not take the time to make it look and feel like you too? Hello, people of the world. Guy Neville here. Or perhaps you know me better by my superhero name, guy o protector of Pflugerville. For today's superheroic act of superheroism, I'm going to talk to you about the art of superinvention. That's right. There's invention, and then there's superinvention. Superinvention is when you invent something that gives you super abilities. The kind of invention that turns a mild-mannered Guy Neville into the super-powered guy o -matic. But hey, don't just take my word for it. Let's look at another of the best inventions in the superhero biz. The one and only Cerebro. To understand Cerebro, we'll have to travel to the world of the X-Men. In this world, some people are born with a mutant gene. That gives them superhuman powers, like flying or super strength. 
These people are known as mutants. One of the most powerful mutants is named Professor Charles Xavier, and he created the X-Men. The X in X-Men doesn't stand for extreme sports or extra guacamole. It stands for Xavier. Now, Charles Xavier has telepathic powers, which means he can read and control other people's minds. He has devoted his life to protecting humanity from evil mutants and protecting innocent mutants from evil humans. He believes that different types of people can peacefully coexist. He even built a special school for gifted youngsters where he could train young mutants to use their powers to help humanity be the best it could be. But the thing was, Charles couldn't help mutants if he couldn't find them. He needed a device to locate young mutants. This is why he designed Cerebro. Worn like a metal helmet, Cerebro is a complex ESP, extrasensory perception device. Its name comes from the Latin term cerebrum, which means the brain. Cerebro can be operated by any mutant with telepathic powers. It works by amplifying their telepathic powers and strengthening their brain waves. When they're wearing Cerebro, they can do all sorts of things, even communicate with dots across great distances. Uh, but no, just because it uses ESP, Cerebro cannot be used to detect ghosts. I know, I was disappointed too. Cerebro also makes the user's brain work extremely quickly by speeding up the user's neurons. Because of this, only experienced telepaths can use the machine. Non-telepaths would be overwhelmed by it. Charles keeps Cerebro in the off-limits to students section of the mansion. So students, or mechanical pygmy goats like Kapow, can't play with it and break it. Or, in Kapow's case, eat it. Cerebro is more advanced than any computer in our world and can do things which even an iPhone can't do. For example, it can create fully immersive virtual worlds. Want to read your book on the beach, but don't have time to drive there? Cerebro can manipulate your optic nerve and make your bedroom look like Hawaii. Injured and don't have any ice packs nearby? Cerebro can turn off your brain's pain sensor so you don't feel a thing. Need directions at the mall? Cerebro can, uh, uh you know what? Maybe just use your phone for that one. Cerebro is pretty busy protecting the world. There's only one problem with Cerebro. It's too powerful. You see, while Cerebro is a super powerful tool for good, if it ever falls into the wrong hands, it could be a super powerful tool for evil. Just imagine someone annoying being able to get inside your brain from across the world. <laughs> they could hum annoying songs while you were trying to study. <laughs> It would be the worst. So, recently when Xavier's mansion was attacked by villains who intended to take over the world, probably via humming, the X-Men had no choice but to destroy Cerebro. But the X-Men don't quit when things get hard. So don't worry, Cerebro is being rebuilt and I'm sure it will be even better. In the end, for all its fancy tech abilities, Cerebro is a tool, that's right. Tools aren't just used by inventors, they're invented by inventors. And what can we learn about tools from Cerebro? Cerebro shows us that a tool is as good as the job it's used for. Look at the tools around you. Smartphones, tablets, hammers, and shovels. Tools are everywhere. And any one of these tools can make you a superhero if you use them to make the world a better place. So next time you decide to invent something or build something, 
Ask yourself, how can this be used to make the world a better place? That's what a superhero does. Hello, dear citizens of the world. Guy Neville here. Or perhaps you know me better by my superhero name. guy o -Matic, protector of Pflugerville. <laughs> I know, it's a pretty cool superhero name. Anyway, for today's act of harrowing heroism, I'm subbing in for Kapow, the mechanical pygmy goat, to talk to you about the art of super invention. You see, as a superhero, people often say to me, Guyomatic, I want to be just like you, but I don't have any awesome superpowers. To that I say, Nonsense! You have many superpowers. Everyone does. You have the power of imagination. The power of creation. And the power of invention. There's nothing that a person can't do with powers like these. And then I usually sign autographs and pose for selfies. <laughs> <laughs> but back to super inventions. With the power of invention, I turned a mere dog leash into a tool for good and justice. In fact, without the power of invention, there wouldn't even be a Gaiomatic. But hey, don't just take my word for it, there's tons of examples. Let's look at another invention that changed the superhero biz. <sighs> I know! How about the one and only Spider-Man's Web Shooters? You know the story, right? A radioactive spider bit Peter Parker, injecting its irradiated venom into his blood, giving him spider powers, and turning him into Spider-Man. Strong, fast, able to sense danger, cool pajamas. Spider-Man had it all, or he almost did. There was one thing a spider could do that Spider-Man couldn't. Shoot webs. And if we're being honest, a Spider-Man without a web isn't really a Spider-Man. He's just a dude in cool spider pajamas. Fortunately, just like you, Peter Parker had the power of invention to help him create the wrist-worn device he called his web shooters. Now, you might not have ever given Spidey's web shooters an up-close-and-personal look, so let's do it. Spider-Man's web shooters are twin devices, which means there are two that are exactly the same, which he wears on his wrists beneath his costume. They shoot thin strands of a special web fluid at high pressure. Why high pressure? Well, think about a garden hose. When you put your thumb over the end of it, making the hole smaller, the water shoots farther, right? That's because you're increasing the pressure on the water. Web shooters are like that. By using pressure, they shoot webs farther, which is important if you have to swing between two buildings in Manhattan. There's 300 PSI, that's pound per square inch, of pressure in each shooter, which means Spider-Man can shoot web over 100 feet. The web shooters are made from stainless steel, teflon, amber, and an artificial sapphire. What does all that mean? I'll tell you what it means. It means that these web shooters are super strong, super powerful, and super cool. That's why they call him a superhero after all. Of course, web shooting is a dangerous business. So, 
Spidey had to add some safety features to prevent misfires. I mean, you wouldn't want to go give your buddy a high five and accidentally blast him in the face with a web. <laughs> or what if you were eating a chicken nugget and then accidentally webbed your mouth shut? Ugh, you just have to go hungry and let Kapow eat your lunch. So, to prevent injury and nugget loss, the shooters have a trigger on the palm that has to be tapped twice by Spider-Man's middle and third fingers in order to work. Phew! <laughs> High five away, Spider-Man! Oh, and uh, pass me the nuggets. Let's take a second and talk about Spidey's webs. The web strength has been estimated to be 120 pounds per square millimeter of the cross-section. <laughs> How strong is that? Ah, uh, super strong! obviously. And trust me, this is important, because Spidey's webs don't just catch flies. <laughs> His webs can hold a bus over a city street, hold a bridge together, or swing a person over a building. Now, like all great inventors, Peter Parker wasn't satisfied to just build the device and stop. He kept at it, improving them, innovating them, testing them out to see what they could do. He devoted hours of practice to using his webs in different ways. As a shield, a parachute, skis, a raft, a statue of Guy Neville. Well, I mean, he didn't do that one, but I bet he could. Best of all, by weaving his webs into discs beneath his feet, he could even walk across water or fire. Now, you may be thinking, guy o this is all very cool, even super cool but only for someone who's been hit by a radioactive spider. What if I don't have access to superhero-making arachnids? Don't worry. The lesson here isn't that you need to invent powers to be a superhero. It's that inventing is a superpower. Being a hero is making the world a better place. So look around you, and when you see a problem, ask yourself, how could I fix this? Let your imagination be your guide. Who knows? You might just come up with an idea that turns into an invention, that turns you into a superhero, just like me, Guy-O-Matic. Well, folks, we've come to the end of another Guy Devil's Power of Super Invention podcast. Come back next week when I'll be covering more super inventors and super inventions. Or, if you want to learn more about today's story, you can see the actual web shooters. Really, you can. Just head on over to www.gokidgo.com backslash web, and you'll find them. And while you're waiting, you do realize there are just a slew of shows that take place in Pflugerville, right? It's true. There's Bobby Wonder, who's trying to protect Pflugerville from Mighty Mila, and Lucy Wow over in the Big Red Barn, inventing all sorts of cool stuff with her mechanical pygmy goat, Kapow! <laughs> He eats everything. Lucy goes big, and then she goes bigger. Oh, and if you like strange and spooky stories, you should check out R.L. Stein's Story Club. That's a real winner, and I'm in the club, so I get to hear all the stories. And you can too. Uh, keep the lights on, folks. Just search for Bobby Wonder, Lucy Wow, or R.L. Stein's Story Club wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll find your way. Oh, and don't forget, Friday is Listener Mailbag. If you've got a question about the world of Go Kid Go shows, Pflugerville, or Lil Obi, send it to guy at gokidgo.com. You might even get your question read live on the show. That is very exciting. Have yourself an inventive day. Make something, build something, go big, and then go bigger. 
Until next time, this is Neville signing off. Go, kid, go! <laughs> <laughs>